song or something but this is scaring is sharing guys yeah we're gonna share scares with each other and you hi hi everyone or should i say guys gals non-binary pals you all are welcome yep and you're welcome and you are jeremy the I, original sasquatch slim rusk you took the words right out of my mouth and you sure are did. brandy joe the flame and scream queen planbeck what's up what's up jeremy hi i just saw you like moments ago i know i saw you literally like 20 minutes ago i sure did i flew home excellent we and just you know came... what oh we did we did we were where were we we just came we just came we just <laughs> we just came from the theater we did and do you know what i was doing while i was driving home what were you doing i was listening to the clown and the candy man do you know about this no it is a podcast series about multiple pedophile child killers. Uh huh. And the pedophilia ring that was rampant in the 70s, uh-huh. which included John Wayne Gacy, uh-huh. the Oakland child killer, which is right in my neighborhood. I'm in Oakland County. Yep. And. Also, Dean, Dean Coral, I bet. Which you recently were talking about yes. in regards to the black phone, right? Yes, correct. I didn't even, like, as I was listening to the story, I'm like, this sounds a lot like the black phone. And then I remembered you mentioning that the black phone seemed to be based on that story. Yeah, it seemed very reminiscent to me. And then I went and read online that Joe Hill actually based it on John Wayne Gacy. Oh. Or, or at least at least the grabber was based on John Wayne Gacy in the original okay. short story. So yeah, it definitely um, has an air of a lot of that. But this podcast is very disturbing and definitely worth checking out. I'm almost done with it. And it's so interesting how they all seem to be tied together. And that I've, there was just yeah, it's really I've read theories yeah. too. That there, there are theories out there that the Oakland child killer, the Oakland County child killer, was John Wayne Gacy. Yes, that is yes, a definite theories. That is a, I would say, solidly plausible theory when you yeah. uh, when you read it, because I think he was actually in Michigan, like at the time that was happening. So there is uh, evidence to support. Well, not evidence, but circumstantial evidence to support that theory. And you know about this island that was in Michigan where they would take like underprivileged boys and just make child porn with them. That sounds super familiar. Fox I think Island. I think I've heard that it was like story the before. Yeah, like pedophile island. Like before, what's his butt recently? Yeah, Epstein. Epstein. Thank you. Before yeah. him, it was the original, the OG. <laughs> oh my god, it, it is it, so disturbing. And you talking about this stuff too? These are all stories that I like grew up with. Like hear, hearing the stories as like local, you know they've become legendary like boogeyman stories because by god that's a thing that i don't know if it's still that way but i feel like for me as a kid growing up in the 90s i was constantly bombarded with the message of like never trust any strangers because they are going to take you and kill you and like that was such a real fear growing up definitely and i know in the 90s in this you know in the wake of the 
if you want to call it the high profile, the celebrity like serial killer and child killer and all that stuff like era. It was very real and it felt like very scary at times. And the creepiest story about the Oakland County child killer is that on the news one time, the parents were like, whatever the kid's name is, I don't remember. Like, they were trying to really humanize you know, because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and Timmy is, you know, a very sweet boy. His favorite food is fried chicken. And then when they found Timmy, however many days later, he had fried chicken in his stomach as mm-hmm. if the killer had obviously listened to the news and therefore fed the child his favorite meal before yeah. killing him. And it's yes. so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's so disturbing. <laughs> I did a podcast with this uh, this girl named Z Haley a while ago, a couple years ago, and she um, fancies herself somewhat of a uh, of a uh, oh my god, like a sensitive. What, there's another what was that word I'm looking for? Like someone who can like communicate with spirits or has that sort of side. It's not a sensitive. There's another word. Oh, yeah. Uh, a medium, um, maybe. A medium, the medium. Yeah, yeah medium, that's a-, a bit of a medium. But she lived right off Woodward in Ferndale, and she said that she would see and like the ghosts of one of the boys would like come to her in the area she was in. She like brought this up oh. to me when we were like talking about spirituality and stuff. Uh huh. So that's always creepy. <laughs> yeah, that is. I, I yeah. I I love hearing personal paranormal experiences though, so. Yeah. Um so I have so many other little things to talk about. Um oh, first boy. of all, I'm so excited about Scream. You've heard about Scream? The exciting news there? Uh casting news, that's what I've yes. heard. Uh-huh. And I know that uh uh Nev Campbell is supposed to have signed on correct that they oh, gave her more money that. that's I mean, what that's i was like rumor but there's the an rumor. exciting official casting yeah about samara weaving oh yes that's it i was gonna say which one because i feel like they threw a million names at us they and did, like all of them are in the, the movie that's the exciting one because like she was yeah. rumored to be in the last one and then they couldn't secure like she had something else going on she's fucking amazing and so i'm so so excited. I just hope she's not like the first big kill. Yeah. But you know what? That's sort of been thrown out the window just based on the last one. I was going to say, though, I've heard rumor where people are starting to wonder with all these names they added. Like, clearly there's going to be a stab movie movie within the movie. And they're thinking, what are these people are going to cameo as the cast of the stab movie? Could be. Which like could Troy be fun. Yeah. yeah. Which, which could, could be, be totally fun. Which would be really fun. So. Yeah, I'm super duper excited about that. I also have to say, I going into our last episode when we when I was sort of introing Palm Springs to you about like before right after I signed it to you, I said that it would bring back a topic of conversation we've been having for weeks. And then I didn't actually get to that in the second part of the episode. And that is that Palm Springs features a Kate Bush song, Cloud Busting. Oh. that I love. It's like sort of takes place at a very pivotal moment towards the end. Mm-hmm. And I never heard that song before that movie. And I love, love, love that song now. It is one of my go-to Kate Bush songs. And it is so gorgeous and beautiful. And we've been talking about Kate Bush for weeks. And I meant yep. to bring it back up again at part two. Because she's week. everywhere now and uh, deal with it. And she deserves it. She is yeah. unique and different. And I just love that 
that she's exploded and we talk yeah. about it often in her and I just had to bring it back up because you can never have enough Kate Bush. Yeah, she makes good fucking music, so go listen to her. Yeah. So fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off and listen to Kate Bush. That's Yeah, exactly. My, that's what my bumper sticker says. <laughs> <laughs> says fuck you, I'm listening to Kate Bush. Yes. Okay, now I, I have more things to talk about, but what do you have to talk about? What do I have to talk about? Uh, let's take a look real quick. There was a news for the collectors out there, for the physical media collectors that I think is a big deal, which is there is going to be a 4K ultra high definition collector set of the original Fright Night coming out. Mm. Uh, and this is kind of a big deal because Fright Night, like the last time it was widely available on a home video format was the DVD from like a million years ago. It had a Blu-ray that was done by some boutique label that made like a thousand copies and that was it. So if you were trying to find the OG Fright Night on uh, Blu-ray over the years, you're getting asked to pay, you know, like $300 a pop for it because it was a very limited release, you know, that sort of shit. Uh, So people have been screaming for it for years. I know it got held up because it was one of those, you know, it was a movie that wasn't as high profile as say Friday the 13th, uh, where that has a rights battle, but Friday or uh, but Fright Night was another one of those movies that fell into a weird area of like it's been long enough. The rights now revert back to the original filmmakers, or do they? I think there was a brief court fight over that one as well. But um, Tom Holland, not to be confused with the young actor, uh, I'm sure my horror freaks know there is a horror director who directed the original Fright Night, Tom Holland. Uh, who I I don't think he, I'm not sure if he directs anymore, but uh, he got the rights back because he made, he directed the OG uh, Fright Night. So I think he's probably behind them, uh, you know, reestablishing out there as a property. Okay. And speaking of Tom Holland, this week, the only horror movie I watched besides the one we're talking about today is Scream for Help from 1984. 1984 has been a common theme for us in the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Scream for Help? I have not. Oh my fucking God. Was it directed by Tom Holland? He wrote it. Okay. It's directed by Michael Winter, who did like Death Wish the sentinel okay some other shit like that and th- those two movies you just said are fucking crazy so i can only imagine that this oh movie is my God, too. this movie is absolutely ridiculous i thought i read it and some recently and some like slasher movies you've forgotten about that you should watch or something and i don't remember what the list was now but mm-hmm. i looked it up it's on my little super secret site and i always remember the the video cover and so i was like do you remember this video cover i'm holding it up to you right now yeah that looks familiar okay and it's like first he tried to kill my mom now he's after me but no one believes me and i remember the video cover because she's like there's like a knife in her face so i start watching this and this movie is ridiculous and i look it up on letterbox and it has all the like it's like three stars or something like that but like all the reviews are like this is such a fun trash film so as soon as i realized that's what it was i had the best time with it because it is absolutely fucking ridiculous the writing is so bad the acting is horrible and it is a blast cool so i'm curious if anyone else out there has seen scream for help but i'm so that was like the one movie i had to talk about and then you fucking bring up tom holland here's the other thing i want to say about what you talked about with fright night i need at some point 
someone with a giant TV and an amazing Blu-ray player, or whatever, to show me the difference between a DVD copy of, say, Fright Night, and then a 4K Blu-ray. Because everyone talks about, like, oh my god, it's finally coming out. But like, I'm like, would I even notice the difference? I feel like you would notice um, DVD to like Blu-ray. Would I? Okay. 4K. I I'm still like training my eye to be able to see this because we're you start with like with 4K and now they're talking about they're gonna go like there's some other like ultra high definition that's on the horizon, but then all these science nerds are like we've actually like peaked out at what the human eye can even perceive in differences of like visual quality. So we're like we're starting to get beyond what's even biologically possible for people to even recognize uh Mm -hmm. anymore uh so it doesn't matter like the definition that after a point isn't going to matter but um yeah i feel like it with a trained eye because i'm at a point now where i can tell a dvd because it just looks like fuzzier and uh different older and 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 it all matters too about who did the like remaster like the print like what the source material was for the disc that they're making uh if that was actually done well or if it was done, you know, crappily, that makes a big difference too. I just feel like if a movie was made in the eighties before like 4k existed or whatever, like how can you make it something? It's not just like, like I see because I have like some look up some Photoshop things from time to time. I get these ads on Facebook. They're like, you look at, you can have this super blurry picture and then look with this app. It makes it crisp and clear. And I'm like, I don't believe that for a second. You're just trying to make me fork out a hundred yeah. bucks for this now, app. That's probably like, just an you app. You can't turn this ultra blurry photo into this like beautifully crisp image. Like yeah. truly. And I'm just like, if you didn't film it in this high res 4k, how can you m- m- turn it into that with like this software or whatever? Yeah. So, and all of this gets into tech stuff that I barely even, you know, I don't really understand. It starts to get beyond me, but uh, it's essentially, they're like, just trust us. The science works. But uh, <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do like mm-hmm. what the original medium was. Cause so much stuff from like the eighties was shot on film and on film, film. Film yeah. is actually a very good quality format to begin with. Uh, and like VHS and even DVD doesn't do justice to the actual, like the true image that was captured on the film. So a lot of like Blu-ray and this ultra high definition is a better, whatever these technical specs, however this works, they're better mediums at capturing the true image from the film source. Uh, so that's part of how that works. Um, I do wonder though, like, because I, again, in the collector world, there is a flick. A noto- I spent years thinking, like, I discovered this by accident, like somebody's home movie. Like, it's a flick called Suburban Sasquatch. Uh, and it's about a killer Bigfoot. But it's literally just a man in a gorilla suit, like, murdering people. Like, it's the lowest budget. Some dude just made it on his own. Uh, and I was... I. I don't know how I found it, but on the internet somehow. And I'm like, it's so bad. It's hilarious kind of movie. Uh, But it's getting a Blu-ray release this year. And it was shot on like consumer home, like, you know, mini DV or whatever. (laughs) So I'm like, how can you, I was like, how can you upgrade that? I'm sure it'll still look like garbage even on a Blu-ray because there's not a lot of lateral, you know, there's only lateral movement with that. There's not a lot of, uh, uh, altitude <laughs> to improve yeah. that yeah. image. So, but I still got to get it. 
Because well, it's check suburban, it out and you report back. To I me. will, because it's suburban Sasquatch. It's a hilariously bad movie. So, um, now, Jeremy, let's take a little stroll down to Trailer Corner. Yes. So, I was correct that Halloween Kills was coming out in time for Nope. Ends. Ends. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Halloween ends. Although it came out like yesterday online, I think it truly came out because it was attached to Nope, which was my theory all along. Yeah, and you were right. I was so right. I have not watched it. Today, when we saw the movie, I closed my eyes and my ears. Mm -hmm. Although you said it's pretty minimal. And from what I've seen screenshots that I've, I've scrolled past on my social medias, the one thing I did, someone did point out was that he has all his fingers back. Because and they're like he's a fake Michael because he gets like his fingers blown off in like yeah Halloween 2018 or something okay. and there's like shots of his hand and all of his fingers are there. I'm pretty sure people are making uh, uh, no, I don't think there's fake Michael or maybe I think the scenes people are talking about it looks like there's flashbacks that are going to be in this movie again. I think they're going to be recreating shit from like they did in kills from the first movie. Cause there okay. is a very like prominent clip in the trailer of what looks like it's from the original movie of Michael behind Lori, but it doesn't look like, um, you know, from the original movie. So I'm like, okay, I think they're creating new scenes again. Okay. Uh, new flashback scenes. That's what I bet that is because I, I, I am going to say there is a scene where they show his hand and it is the three finger hand in a close up oh, in that okay. trailer. So I'm like, are people missing that? That was the three finger hand like okay. it, prominently okay. in a close up. So it's, I think they're going to be jumping all over. Maybe there is a fake Michael. Who knows? I've read theories online that people think Michael is going to turn out to be an Android or some shit in this one. So people are all over the place, but you're excited for it after seeing the, tr the teaser. Yes, I okay. still am. I am because if the teaser's any indication, like just give me one final knockdown drag out between Michael Myers and oh, Laurie yeah. Strode. be there for sure. Because that's what it looks like the trailer is giving you a glimpse of. So I'm like, I want that. I want the final no, no holds barred fight between them to the death. That's how I hope this movie wraps itself up. And if it does that, if it sticks that landing, then cool. I think it'll course correct from the wonky territory they went into in Halloween kills. Now teaser town is really interesting since I don't, or trailer town, since I don't really watch them, but I want to talk about them. The trailer park, if you will, the trailer park, Jeremy, that's <laughs> cute. So I have two other ones that I want to talk to you about. I didn't watch the monsters, even though like I don't much care about that, so I kind of could, but I'm still yeah. not. What did you think of that? Okay, I the internet is like flipping its shit and has like two very polar opposite reactions yeah. where people are either like, "This looks like a lot of fun," or people are like, "Why does it look weird? This looks like garbage." Blah blah blah. And that's I think, what I hear for the most part. And I think what's going on. I, I had an idea about this, uh, and again, it goes to quality, filmic quality, because. Uh, like Rob Zombie himself and kudos on him for like reaching out. Like I, I like that Rob Zombie, like will interact with it, the fan base or the culture, like on his social media, he'll just put up a Facebook post and he's like, okay guys, there's rumors out there saying this. Let me tell you the truth because if, for some reason people are like, they gave you $60 million to make this movie and it looks like shit. And I guess he was responding to that where he's like, 60 million what are you even talking about he's like i you know 
I wish I had a budget like that for a movie. He's like, my last like five movies combined don't even have a budget that equals that. So he's like, no, I didn't make it for that much and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know how these rumors, you know, why rumors get started. People accept it as fact, blah, blah, blah. But what that said to me too was like, I think what people are freaked out about is it looks like it was shot on a really good HD camera, but not on like film or anything like that. And I think that's why it has the look it does. It's like, it's clearly shot digitally. Um, I mean, we live in a day and age now where consumer and professional cameras, like there's no difference anymore. So I, I think it's just a matter of people aren't yet used to like, this is what HD cameras look like now, guys. Like it's got a quality that's again, slightly different from what we're used to seeing kind of glossier sort of look. And it's also the fact that he's like, he seems to be straight up recreating the exact look like and quality of the original 60s show. So I think that's kind of jarring to see it done in full color in HD digital, but purposefully like, you know, junky look, you know, not that great looking set. It looks like shit from the sixties. Like he went out of his way to recreate the TV sets and things like that. So I think it's just kind of jarring for people. And I also wonder too, if uh, post-production is not done yet, I bet you they haven't taken a final pass at like the mastering uh, of the visuals and all the visual effects and stuff. Cause that'll probably still need to be done. And where do you fall? I'm interested. Okay. Uh, I think it's, I'm very interested to see Rob Zombie out of his comfort zone, which seems to be like lots of gore and tons of swearing, you know, and, you know, dirty, nasty, redneck sort of aesthetic. Uh, And the fact that he's actually leaning into like, I'm recreating a 60s sitcom and trying to do like the exact same humor. It's going to be family friendly. So I'm kind of fascinated to to see that jump for him. and I mean, the monsters was like, what do you guys want? Like that was not high art. So I, I'm not sure like people coming back and being like, I love the monsters and all, but you know, it was goofy sitcom from the sixties. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, uh, I don't know if there's much legacy there to protect and be precious about, but it looks like it could be interesting. Now for I, I'm, you- I, I'm going into it thinking it's going to be dumb fun. So, okay. Now for you, if the Adams family and the monsters were, characters in a horror movie and one of them dies and one of them is the final girl which one is the final girl so this is really hard because like the monster like of the tv shows if i had to take the 60s tv shows of yeah. the monsters and the adams family i think the monsters is way better than the adams family tv okay. show but those adams family movies from the 90s are so good like i think they're way better than the original tv show it was based on so okay uh so I do have love for the Adams family, but most of it comes from Barry Sonnenfeld's okay. movies he did. Uh, Cause I think they took like the concept of this because the 60s show of the Adams family felt like monsters light where it's like the monsters has actual monsters in it. The Adams family are like people pretending to be monsters. So I'm going to go to the show with the real monsters. Are they? What do you mean? Aren't they? They're not like pretending they are like monsters, well, aren't they? I guess they're weird. But they're not overtly like Herman Munster is Frankenstein's monster, you know. Uh, okay. uh, Lily Munster is a vampire. Grandpa okay. is like Count. I've Dracula. never actually seen it. So okay, yeah, and you know their son Eddie is a werewolf. So they're like yeah, they're yeah, yeah. more distinctly actual monsters, whereas the Adams family are just kind of weird people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
ghoulish, but more, you know, I was like, I want to go that to more sense. visually interesting, more monstrous okay. guys. So, because I was a monster kid. So, now my other trailer I want to ask you about is Orphan First Kill. <laughs> Did not watch that. I didn't realize people were clamoring for another Orphan movie. Well, they're not clamoring, but I think ever since it was announced that it was a prequel, I think people are like, how? And then, like, it was supposed to come out like forever ago already. And, or maybe it was supposed to come out like this summer or whatever, but there was like no trailer. I feel like it was supposed to come out like January or something like that. And then people were like, oh my God, it's um, not people. The people who are making it were like, oh, with the, the way we're filming it, we're not using all these visual, you know, trickeries. We're just like the way we we're filming it with camera angles and whatnot. It's very effective. And it's a, you know, it's a great prequel and you'll never believe it and all this. And then the trailer comes out and people are like, she looks like she's 30. <laughs> like she yeah. She looks older. Yeah. And the, like, then, I mean, duh. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen some of the shots and I'm like, yeah, she does not. It just, it's just weird. Like, I just find it like such an odd thing to do. Like, I feel like there was another way you could go mm-hmm. and have, a, and who knows? I mean, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to watch it because I'm so curious and I hope it's just deliciously bad. I mean, Julia Stiles is in it and I think she's horrible. I was just talking about her, about the, the Omen remake, which was so fucking bad. Mm-hmm. And she's just awful. I think she's a horrible actress. So. Remember, remember that Children of the Corn prequel? that just kind of quietly came out during like quarantine. It didn't, they filmed it during quarantine, but it still hasn't come out. No, I, I read that it got a screen. It got some screenings apparently. Well, it like, did in, like forever ago, like in, in the, Florida or yeah, something in, like that. And the internet still not sure if the movie was released or not. Cause I was just recently reading into that where like somebody mentioned it. it, but yeah, I want to watch it. It looks apparently, good. Apparently it had a really limited release and then just it's disappeared. The Isaac is like a creepy little girl, and I love that. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's so it up. I was just thinking this orphan prequel sounds like, I wonder, if, is it going to be like that where it like comes out and we didn't even know it came out? Yeah, I forgot about that Children of the Corn. I definitely yep. want to check that out. So, okay. The only other little bit of news I want to talk about is M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, A Knock at the Cabin. Have you heard about this? No. It is based on a book that I love, called Cabin at the End of the World by that, Tremblay. That I have heard of. Tremblay. Why is it Paul Tremblay? Tremblay Cabin. Oh my god. I I want to say it's Paul. Paul Tremblay. Love him. Cabin at the End of the World. I read it. I also read um, A Head Full of go- Ghosts, which is so good. These are amazing books, and I love Cabin at the End of the World so much. It centers around a gay couple, and it's his next movie. And I think it's like already filmed, or I don't know, but it, I'm excited. <laughs> and it is definitely a challenging work. I find, I'm intrigued to see how it will come about. Uh-huh. in regards to what they'll do with it, but I'm fucking excited. And it's been rumored for a long time, but it was just this week, like, announced that that's officially the case. I'm happy for you. You can be excited. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I hear M. Night Shyamalan, and I check out. Like, I have no interest <laughs> in whatever he's wearing. I'm sorry. All apologies to M. Night Shyamalan, but I've not been, like, stoked about one of his movies for a very long time, so... Well, I'm fucking stoked for this. So hopefully, yeah, maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll turn it around and 
course correct. As I say, in my opinion, he'll course correct <laughs> and it'll be like awesome. All right. We have a telegram from Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Who oh, writes? cool. Hey guys, episode 88, great podcast. Night of the Comet is an underappreciated fun time capsule of the 80s. Thanks for showing it some love. Our summer is winding down, school starts in a few weeks, but I made the most of it by streaming as many movies as possible. One of my favorites was Identity, John Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Peet. I usually see the twist coming a mile away, but this one blindsided me. Your thoughts? Heading out momentarily to see Gone in the Night at my local AMC. Lame title, but it looks interesting, and I really like Winona Ryder. It might be more suspense thriller, but the genre often fades into moments of horror. I'll let you know if it's worth a viewing. Till next time, stay healthy, stay happy, stay you. Love to you both, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Teacher Drew, thank you. Yeah, identity, never seen it. Shut up. Are you serious? I am serious. Oh, I fucking hate it. Sorry, Teacher Drew. <laughs> I think Joe and I saw it and it made us so angry in the movie theater. We still quote it to this day. Whores don't get a second chance, which is one of the lines in the movie. Cool. It is so <laughs> horrible. Do you know the twist? Of no. course, I'm not going to tell you. You don't know I, the twist. I though. don't know the twist at all. Oh, my God. This movie is so horrible. I hate it. And I was so excited. I was so excited. I got to check it out because I saw it. I feel like it's on people's mind again because uh, it's on Netflix or it's somewhere. So I think it's getting like a new life again because I remember when it came out and I just had no interest in seeing it because uh, I can I'm surprised. I still remember those trailers and it was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, that's almost like, 20 years ago. You were a baby. Yeah. I, w- I was, yeah, I think it, that must have been a point for me where I was just too like, I don't want to see this Hollywood crap. It looked too like, you know, commercial thriller or whatever. So, but I do like John Cusack. So that's, yeah, it is you know, 19 years old. Okay. That's insane. Yep. That's, that's right. Insane. I was too busy being an edgy teenager. Like, I don't need to see this shit. I'm just going to watch <laughs> Evil Dead for the millionth time. So I was just really excited because Clea Duvall is in it and I fucking love her. So, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm going to look it up. It, I, and I bet you I knew the twist at some point. So I'll probably like start uh. watching it and be like, oh, it's this. Maybe I've seen it. I don't even know. It just feels like oh I God. don't remember it. So. Now, uh, I don't know this other movie that Teacher Drew mentions, Gone in the Night with Winona Ryder. Yeah, I never heard of that. That's something that must have just come out quietly in theaters. Yeah, tell us if it's any good. Now, yep. do you know, when I went on the road doing the porn star plays where I met my husband, I would call Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder, and then my friend would say to me, hold up a picture of Winona Judd and say, Winona, and then hold up a picture of Ms. Ryder and say, Winona, 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 which is how I now know to say Winona Ryder. Otherwise, I would still say Winona Ryder because that's Winona how I called Ryder. her for many, many years. And it's not. It's a wi, W-I, Winona. Got it. Got it? And, yeah, got it. Because she's like <laughs> she's like my original celebrity crush. I know your wife said she has not seen the newest Little Women because she holds such a candle for the OG, not the OG. There's many others before the 90s version, but she loves the 90s version, which was the quintessential Little Women before this most recent one came out. I told her the only thing that that one with Winona Ryder has that is better than the most recent 
telling of it is Claire Danes because Claire Danes' performance in it as Beth is absolutely perfect. Mm. But the Greta Gerwig Little Women is amazing. Not horror, but a brilliant film. And I, I heard good things it. about it. So. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. Florence Pugh is so motherfucking good. So there is awesome. the horror tie-in. At yes. Any rate. There you go. Yeah. Right on. Well, write us if you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to us about anything and everything as we talk about anything and everything. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs. Hit us up. Do, Do you it. Any other thing, anything else to talk about, Jeremy? No, uh, I was checking my letterboxed and I oh. did want to give a shout out to a discovery I made. I, what and is it that? appears, friend of the podcast, Alex the Horror Boob. Discovered this movie around the same time that I watched it. I was like, oh, no shit. He's posting about it on his Instagram stories. What? It is a flick called Killer Crocodile. Oh. Uh, which I see from his letterbox. Alex, you also enjoyed it. So awesome. Uh, I literally watched it uh, on uh, vacation with my family when we went up north. Uh, that we did the TV and the place we rented was one of those Roku TVs and free on okay. the Roku, like the Roku channel. Oh. My brother and I were like, Bert and I were like, Killer Crocodile, let's watch this. Uh, and it is a Italian, it's from the 80s, Italian made Jaws ripoff. Oh, like to the point where it even uses music that goes like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> every time the crocodile is around, it's set in. I had to look it up because they don't even tell you where it's set. It's just in some random swamp, but they shot the movie in the Dominican Republic. So it's like, okay, it's in the Dominican Republic. Uh, There's like pollution from some company dumping chemicals in the swamp has created a mutant crocodile, which is just a giant rubber crocodile that they show you so much. It comes flying out of the water at people, eats so many people. It's insane. It's yeah. It has an ending exactly like Jaws, but with a crocodile. Okay. It's like, uh, there's some fun. There's, the characters are insanely just over-the-top characters. And uh, all the dialogue, of course, is badly dubbed because it's Italian. Sure. Uh, like, if you want to watch a mind-bending but immensely entertaining bad movie, so bad it's good. This is Mind-bending your- killer crocodile. Yes, there is a couple scenes where I'm like, that's where you went with that especially the ending the ending is a total what the fuck but it's amazing uh so i don't want to give away too much if you want to just look it up on youtube i bet you could find the end of killer crocodile and just watch it but it's like it's good it was good cheese i it was a blast well shout out to alex alex is the best yes horror boob yeah horror boob looks like he liked it too so we have about the same opinion of it which was he called it i think uh, like a fun summer Okay. Movie. And I'm like, yeah, it totally feels like a daytime in the summer. Like, I want to find a stupid monster movie to watch. That's perfect. So awesome. And also, Tappahannock, Virginia is back. So, Tappahannock, I've seen you creeping in on our analytics. And why won't you write us and tell yeah. us who, who the are fuck you? you are? We've, we're assuming it's one person. What if we just have like a cult following? In, <laughs> I'm sure. In Tappahannock, Virginia. <laughs> but you know what? They, they don't want to write us. So, I'm going to quit talking about it. That's not true. Okay. But, but we've seen all the listens they've done. So, they're almost like at this point, if you add up, 
their number of listens, they probably listened through the whole catalog now. So they're probably getting to these episodes where we're talking about them. They've got to be close. I mean, they've got to be, but who the fuck knows? I don't, I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jeremy, it is coming upon midnight, which is the latest we have ever recorded. Mm-hmm. It is late. Tomorrow is Friday. Let's get to our movie. And that, as you guys know, because you clicked on it, is nope. Yep, from 2022, the year of our Lord, directed (laughs) by Jordan Peele. The tagline is, what's a bad miracle? And the summary is, residents in a lonely gulch of inland California bear witness to an uncanny, chilling discovery. Ooh, I love the word gulch. Like Miss Gulch from The Wizard of Oz. I like uncanny. (laughs) I like chilling. Mm. So, Jeremy... What did you think of this movie? This movie has me feeling all kinds of ways and getting torn in all kinds of directions. Um, I feel it was a big swing and partially a miss from Jordan Peele, (laughs) to put it bluntly. Well, you know what? I've got to say I'm a little relieved to hear you say that because I... I felt like if you would have had a camera on my face, like how they have those cameras in like horror movies, like watching people watch the movie, it was like this look of like, conf- like scrunched up forehead a lot of the time. Cause I was like, first of all, I feel like I'm old because I wish I would have gone to one of those versions of the movie, which there was an earlier one at the theater we were at where they have the captions because I could not understand what the fuck was being said a lot of the time. Yeah, I felt like they mumbled their lines like there was a, a lot, lot of, of the actors. I, was like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. I need to watch this with closed captioning. Mm-hmm. I was so confused a lot of the time. I'm trying to understand what they were saying. And I, here's the thing. It starts off, and I was in it. I was in it. I love the characters. I love the relationships. And then it just continues on, and I'm just like, what? I what? felt like the first half had me hooked. And then totally. it's when they get to like there the there's a big reveal about the nature of what's going on, and that just made me go what? And then it for some reason that just didn't land for me. And then it's, it it no longer felt scary in the third act. Like it felt like there's no stakes, and it didn't really feel scary anymore. Yeah, which I mean is fine. Like I mean, it is a horror movie, but like at one point, your wife because we went with your wife and Bert. Um, which was so fun for the four of us to be at the theater together. And mm-hmm. I've never seen a movie with your brother, and that was fun. He was into it. He was reacting oh, a tell. lot. So, I could so hear he, him. Yeah. Yeah, he made it he made it fun for me sitting sitting next to him because he was reacting so much. But something so. happened at some point and your wife looked over at me and she said, Are you not scared or something? And I was like, No. Because I never did feel a sense of dread or fright or I jumped at one point because there was a jump scare, but that yeah. was it. I know. When do we get into spoilers? When do well, we warn the people? Uh, not quite yet, but okay. like, um, <sighs> but visually it's great. I think the mm-hmm. acting is terrific. Yeah. It was good acting. Cinematography was uh, beautiful. Um, I think was, Kiki Palmer was the star in my opinion. I really loved her. So good. Uh, it's, one of those movies too i will say though i had some trepidation right at the start when it uh said written directed and produced by jordan peele and i was like 
oh, you had like no oversight. Like that can be a risky maneuver when all of those things, that means total creative control was his. Uh, and sometimes I feel like certain impulses could have been reined in more or certain story threads could have been edited better uh, to create a more cohesive whole. Yeah, being two hours and 15 minutes was a little long, although I never felt bored, I gotta say. Yeah, I was never, never bored, but I felt like it didn't need to be that long. And there was a lot of, where is this going? Yes. Yes, like because it feels like one of those movies where I'm like, I guarantee you, like each individual like plot line and subplot in this movie, like his original script was probably like 400 pages long. And I bet all of those were like almost a full movie in of themselves, like each subplot uh, that he had to trim down and try and turn into a cohesive whole. But I also got to say this, the majority of UFO alien movies out there all feel kind of cut from the same cloth. And this one definitely did a little bit more of its own thing in a lot yeah. of ways. It takes and I a can left appreciate turn. that. It takes a left turn at a certain point from other UFO movies. Yes. And I do appreciate that, that it just sort of is a little bit of its own. Like it sort of is uh, felt more original than mm -hmm. a lot of the films that sort of were like, well, we all know what aliens are. So we're going to just continue on with that. This one's like, okay, well, we're going to kind of do our own thing. And I, I could appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I guess I've only I only watched the teaser because in the beginning when that teaser came out, you were like, I think you can watch the teaser. It doesn't really give anything away. So I watched the teaser. There was one little moment from the teaser that I was like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have seen that. And it was sort of a red herring. So I'm glad when I watched this, that was fun to realize that, which I thought, which we'll talk about in a moment when we get to spoilers. Yeah. Um, that I was like, oh, that was a red herring, which was I was glad about that. And there was straight up scenes and and then the full length trailer that came out there are like alternate scenes in that that were oh, not in, are. not in this movie so if you go back and watch the theatrical trailer there's like bits of dialogue and some scenes that I'm like oh that wasn't even in there so I wonder if they shot alternate stuff to like throw in the trailer like sometimes filmmakers do to throw people off of what the real plot is but it is interesting because right now on letterbox it is scoring a 4.0 off of 5.4 thousand reviews yeah it's got solid reviews yeah so so i'm sort of feeling out of step with the rest of the world right I'm now i'm glad that i'm feeling that same way i'm glad that we're on the same level there okay so that's a, a brief general overarching thing so go away and watch it if you're gonna and then come back and listen to the rest of this here come the spoilers people. here they come people so like as soon as <laughs> We got in the car, Sarah and I. I was like, I think the subplot about the sitcom with the killer chimp was way freakier than anything else in that movie. I'm like, that was like the most unnerving thing, I think, in the whole fucking movie. And um, how did that tie in? That's the thing. I was like, the only bit I could make sense of was the theme about predators and not looking predators in the eye because, you know, chimpanzees are a very dangerous animal. Uh, and, and he's clearly basing this on real stories because there are like actor chimps that went nuts, you know, finally snapped for whatever reason and attacked and killed their owners or handlers and things like that. So those stories exist because chimpanzees like humans are just as 
volatile and complicated and unpredictable. Uh, so I think that's what it was tying into, though, is this whole notion of animals can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing around them. And that's like, that was it. I think it's as loose as that. So that's why I think okay. I'm like, I would have watched a movie about that story yeah, <laughs> turned into 100%. feature length uh, and watched that. So I felt like that was like, this is feels like a plot thread for another idea he had that he just found a way to put into this script somehow, just now, loosely connected. Now tell me this, because the whole movie, I think it starts with that clip of the, the chimpanzee. Chimp. That is yeah. like definitely how it starts. And then when we get to the credits, it goes into that um that film of the the guy riding the horse and yes. that is a real thing right as yes as far as i understand it that is absolutely true history and the, um, as they talk about it it is a black filmmaker and a black actor in it correct well or black I, I believe it was a white filmmaker that shot it, oh, okay. and that's why he's remembered, of course. But it was the very first motion picture was of a black jockey riding a horse, and that was the, got it. Because like, I was I not as familiar, but I thought, okay, this sort of rings a bell. Yeah, and I thought that they were saying it was a black filmmaker, and I sort of was tying that together with the fact that it almost seemed like the whole point was that they were trying to be the first people to truly capture other life forms and that there was something being said for it being like a black person like first was caught on film and now they're as black you know um creators creators yeah, filmmakers like yeah. that, that, that there was that tie-in between those two things mm -hmm. i guess i really am like okay i need to watch one of those everything you need to understand about nope because i felt like there were lots of things that were sort of missing for me or that i don't know that i was fully understanding and not yeah. just because i couldn't understand what they were saying but like just i felt like there were sort of and it didn't seem as thematically metaphorical as his other films yes but i didn't know if i was just missing them what I had read in interview is he said he was making a commentary of just in general about people's obsession with spectacle and like wanting to see, you know, spectacular things. So uh, I think it was as simple as that. That's why I feel like this one feels less focused than his previous two efforts. Um, definitely less focused than Get Out. I feel like Get Out really had a oh. statement that he set out to make and he did it. With I mean, that, that is movie. a contemporary classic, if not yes. an overall just horror film classic. Absolutely. Now, I mean, for sure. The, the phrase the sunken place is now part of popular vernacular. Like it's out there, you know, it is part of pop culture now. We know what that means when somebody says it. So it's like, yeah, he he did something magic with that one. And get out. I mean, not get out. Um, Us. Us definitely freaked me out i thought that there were very tense scenes that were like holy shit mm -hmm. i never had that here but i also despised the over explaining at the end of us which is i think my biggest gripe with this movie too is knowing too much about the threat to me just totally takes away the any sense of dread <laughs> And I just didn't understand, again, we're into spoilers, but I'm going to get really spoilery. So, essentially, the big twist is it's not a UFO, it's an animal. Or it's, yeah. like, alive. It's a living, yeah. It, essentially, the idea, to like, this is where I think it c cuts away from other UFO movies, which are normally, 
the UFO is a spaceship. There's inhabitants of the spaceship and, you know, things happen usually based around those concepts. This one was like, what if the spaceship is the alien? Yeah. Like they are one in the same. And so that's kind of, that's kind of a cool idea, but I wish it just stopped there. Like I wish because for some reason he suddenly knows like, wait a minute, if I don't look it in the eye, because Jurassic Park rules, I guess it can't see me if I, or doesn't want me if I don't look at it. Yeah, it went, they, and, and then I spent way too much time at the end of this movie staring at just a CGI flappy thing that I didn't understand what was happening. That was too much. And why all of a sudden was it, did it turn into that? Because they yeah. were feeding it flags? Like I was... I didn't understand why it started to do that. I was confused as as confused as you were. I was like, what they, is they happening were like, anymore? Oh, we're pissing it off. And it's like, I don't, but I don't understand why. Cause you fed it a fake horse, but yeah. it was, it was pulling up all sorts of things. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. The end <laughs> just seemed like really like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? So what I want to say about the, the, the red herring in the trailer, when I watched that teaser, it looked like you saw a little alien like coming down, like in like the farm area. And I was like, Oh no, now we know that we, there's aliens in this. And then it's like one of those early scenes, which actually was like one of the creepiest scenes when you the, start to see the little aliens. Yeah. That was the creepiest scene. And then it was a fake out. And then it was a fake out. And I was like, Oh, I would have liked if there was little critters, running around and like if we just never got a glimpse of them that would have been or just brief you know moments of them that would have been creepy yeah it just i mean again i can appreciate it it's not a bad movie it just was Mm -hmm. a little like huh yeah i definitely spent like the entire third act just going what the fuck the entire time where i'm like what where is this going um i don't know I, I do feel like I got excited and I'm sure he did this on purpose because he picked a couple of like, uh, B, I, I hesitate to say B movie, but you know, like cult movie character actors that are beloved. So Keith yeah, David. Who, yeah. Who is that guy that you love? Yeah. Keith David played their dad uh, in the beginning. Who's okay, barely in the movie, of course, from John Carpenter's they live and the thing. Uh, and then I'm sure countless others i'm forgetting and then the cinematographer was played by michael wincott uh who uh it's just in it, something we watched right yeah if everyone remembers he was the lead villain of the crow he was big top right or no sorry top dollar in uh the crow right uh and so yeah he's another like familiar face you watch enough exploitation movies he starts popping up usually as bad guys and he uh, has a sexy voice but he was the one i could not understand the most yeah he's got that super gravelly voice and, and just like spoke so low so much of the time and here's the other thing i'll say and i don't think it was a fault of the movie but rather of the movie theater from the time the trailer started i was like there's something wrong in this movie theater because mm-hmm. everything at first i thought it was the first movie trailer we watched i was like oh it has sort of a like a um overlay that sort of seems a little like hazy but then everything looked like that uh-huh and there was something wrong with the, like the projector nothing what it didn't go into like its full rich 
filmed colors. I felt from the time the trailer started and all the way through the movie, mm-hmm. it did. It, there was something not quite right about the projector or something like that. I didn't realize that's what I think was going on too. Cause I, I was like, something feels off about what I'm looking at. And that must've been it. It must've been, I, I wonder. Th- yeah. Cause the first trailer I was like, Oh, this trailer has that sort of like, Oh, a slight sepia sepia, yeah. whatever the fucking word. Sepia. Yeah, kind of ha- a little hazy, yeah. a little hazy, but then every trailer looks like that. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's cause like the lights are kind of half up. Like they are with trailers. But yeah. then as soon as they went down, it never got that like full, like if, if the screen was black, it didn't look black. It looked sort of tinted. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder if the camera... Which, you know, does not, like, make the movie great or not. It just was something that sort of, like, bugged me the whole time. Disappointing. It's like, come on, come on, AMC. Get your cameras in focus or whatever the fuck's going on. Your projector's in focus. But I'll say this. Like, as much as I kind of was like, eh, about the whole thing, I still think it's a much better movie than a lot of other shit that's put out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't awful. It was just... I'm divided. Maybe I feel like I'll probably end up watching this again after some time passes and we'll see if I feel differently. I felt like this movie kind of went into the, the trailers were selling this, you know, it's Jordan Peele. So they're selling this now as like a art, you know, he's an auteur, like artistic high art kind of guy. And I feel like he was treading more in like, Oh, this is a monster movie. Like if you had told me, this is riffing on like, you know, monster movies. Uh, I would have been more prepared for that. I was expecting something, I think, more cerebral uh, than it ultimately was. And then also, like, they talk about how this one cloud, like, never moves. But Mm -hmm. then that's never, like, explained or... Yeah, that felt like a loose thread. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, was it supposed to be the cloud? But then it moves around, like... Was that its home? Like, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. It was... Yeah, I just, I, I'm definitely going to be watching as soon as like some more people see this and some of those mo- things come out on YouTube where they really get into the nitty gritty, which I've yeah. always found with his movies are very interesting because there it does seem to be a lot of thought put into what things mean and why they happen and all that sort of stuff. So I'll be intrigued to see if that changes my mind here, which I do think that plus a second watch after digesting a little bit could help. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And another thing I found fascinating, too, was like the first half of the movie, like it threw at you all these like Hollywood entertainment, like insidery stuff. The fact that they like made up a sketch for Saturday Night Live that sounded totally legitimate, like with the, the like Chris Kattan played yeah. the chimpanzee, like yeah. in the right roles and stuff. But there was all these threads going on and it was kind of episodic in the beginning. And I was like, this feels very Tarantino-esque. Like, wow, good on Jordan Peele to uh, try and jump into that, you know. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Tarantino, like... Territory? Yeah, territory. Tarantory? Tarantory of like the pastiche <laughs> where he just takes all of his obsessions from Hollywood, you know, and filmmaking and kind of crams them together for every movie he makes. And it felt like Jordan Peele was kind kind of go in that direction with this where I'm like, Oh, cool. Like this is more than just the UFO. But then in the second half of the movie, it focuses back in on the UFO thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I felt like you could have gone off into something. Well, I guess it still was like experimental a little bit and weird, but it just, it didn't go where I thought it was from the first half. I thought it was going to go a different direction and then kind of reined itself back in and went back to 
a certain that plot line and i was like i actually kind of wanted this thing to go more (laughs) i I wanted it to travel in some more weirder directions and follow some of those other alternate plot lines a little further so Mm -hmm. but here we are here we are yeah well i think that's everything i have to say about it yeah me too i think that's what i got so far all right well out of um five ufos (laughs) cloud um cloud cloud foes cloud Cloud foes or whatever he was calling it which i didn't know did they change it what is he saying like upas is what they call them now or something like that that that. one character that i related to heavily that was telling everybody to watch more ancient aliens and Uh (laughs) i was like that's me in this movie i'm seen by that guy um also i'm pretty sure fries doesn't exist anymore right was that a real thing yeah, Fry's is a real store. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I have to look it up. That was what was tripping me up. Because I was like, is this a period piece? Because I was pretty sure Fry's... Uh, I thought it was fake. Fry's Electronics. No, it's real. In 2021, they permanently closed all of their stores. Fry's is kind of like, from what I know, they're like a West Coast um, Best Buy. Okay. You know, they're more... They're not around here, but I, I know of them from like nerds on the internet because their stores had like the ufo motif that's probably why he picked to use them thought that that was all made up no when they were there that's what those stores actually looked like they had like the ufo and everything i don't know why but that's you know they were spacey with like their branding so uh yeah fries was a real thing they were best buy competitor so so when this was made fries was still alive yeah maybe they're still a thing because it looks like they permanently closed in 2021 all well, their stores come so back now maybe they will mm-hmm. um but yeah uh rating sorry i give this three that's exactly what i'm gonna give it wow so we have a scare of approval scare of approval it's yeah, the like a it's light the mo- one. It's the most barely barely scare of approval you can get. Yeah, but like yep. I, I said, like I just there's enough good about it that I wouldn't say it deserves to be on a slash heap. Yeah, I think people should check it out, and I want to hear some conversation. Yeah, I, I get a sense this movie is going to exist in a place that something like Malignant does, where people are either gonna love it or fucking hate it. Like I think that's I oh, mean we're, we're weird. We're in the middle. Uh, but I, I think that that's the way I think that's where the conversation's going to go. Yeah. It's interesting to look at the original poster, which really, I mean, ties into it pretty specifically, but I remember when that first came out and it's like, is this about UFOs? What is this about? What is the, the thing with all the flags coming from the cloud? And it really is quite appropriate, but like, that's a little more interesting still. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, all right. Well, um, thanks and come back for episode 90 next week. Yeah, episode 90. It's special, special Special episode. Special Special episode, special guest. Yeah, and I think it'll be fun. Oh, I know it will be fun. So. And write us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Slide into our Instagram, scaringasharing. Get into our PMs, our DMs, all of our Ms. Our AMs. (laughs) <laughs> what is that i don't know i don't know like our morning since it's in the a.m now yeah hit us hit us in the a.m <laughs> well jeremy as always it's great and whatever you do don't fall asleep and until uh, next time guys keep watching the skies because scaring is sharing <laughs>
Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.